Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, welcome back. I am your host, Chris Kiefer, and you are listening to the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you, Fly Racing. 2019 gear is out, available, of course, over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. You can order it. Preference, you guys know what I'm going to say. Light hydrogen, I love it. I just ordered me a set of high-vis and black and light blue. I got shootouts coming, and that is where I'm going. Light Hydro is my choice. So go check them out, flyracing.com. Smathering, that's right, smathering of stuff over there. Mountain bikes, casual, moto gear, even really cool chick gear, ladies' gear, okay. I would still wear the ladies' gear. It is, I don't know why chicks get better colors than dudes. I don't know. All white over there. They have a pink set. Anyway, if you have a lady that rides, or if you're a lady listening to this, that would be cool. Head over to Fly Racing. You need motor work done? Suspension? You got a Freshie 19? Racetech.com. Go over there. Check them out. Get your spring rates dialed in. Or have them send you a suspension box and ship your stuff to them to get valved and set up for you. You're an off-road guy, moto guy, woods guy, whatever guy. Go to Racetech. They'll dial you in. They're great people. Again, I don't take bad people on this show. Very good people. They'll make sure your stuff is working correctly. And, of course, Rob is the man over there, and he comes from an engine background. So if you have some engine work that you want done, go to Racetech.com. They can do it. Vintage bikes, they can do that as well. Log on to Racetech.com and check them out. So we are back here a little bit later, Thursday edition. I know some of you guys, you know, listen to this later on in the week, but usually I try to get up a pod every Monday or Tuesday. But guys, I have been swamped with testing since I've been back with Colorado. It's been quite the experience for me. I think I've not only ridden and tested, but obviously, you know, typing and doing stuff for Mathis, but I've been back over two weeks, and I've only missed two days on the bike. I've been riding every single day. It's great. I love it. But it's too freaking hot. I'm ready for fall weather, especially here in California. I know you East Coast guys aren't aren't ready for winter, but for us West Coast guys, man, I am ready for winter, dude. It is 100 degrees. There's fires everywhere. The air sucks. Smoke. All kinds of crap. So it is uh, not a good time to be riding every single day. I think I'm down to like 165 pounds. I lost like seven pounds. I'm all DNR over here, fellas. It's crazy. 
Poor Heather. Her man ain't looking too hot. It's all pasty white and ribs. <laughs> so, hey, this podcast is all about the 2019 KTM 450 SXF. Not a lot of changes. Let me just clarify. Barely any changes from the 2018.5 KTM Factory Edition compared to this 2019. I wrote a 10 things over at pulpmx.com. You can go check that out. You can read all about it. But of course, you guys are listening to this show because you prefer it to get into your ears and you don't want to read. That's why we have many ways to get the information out. Okay? I talk to many people and out of all the media that's out there, Steve and I, we give you the most options. You want to listen, you want to read, we do it for you. Hell, I even answer emails. Very rare in this industry about getting emails returned back to you. Trust me, I know about this. <laughs> so anyway, I wrote, this is like a first impression, guys. Of course, I put a lot of time on the factory edition. It's one of my favorite bikes. As you guys know, I'm a big Rockstar factory edition kind of guy. Of course, I love Yamaha as well. But if you listen to Pingree, Steve and I's Racer X podcast that was up this week, we give you our rundown of the top three bikes that we like. This orange bike is in there simply because it's easy to ride. There is a couple things I do not like about it, but... The engine is so nice, buttery smooth, easy to ride. The chassis is forgiving. It's hard not to not like this bike. And a lot of people are buying these up, right? I know the factory edition was, I would say, probably one of the top selling machines of 2018. Not because it looks so damn good, which it does, but it also works very, very good. So I got that bike pulled for me too soon. I was sad. But KTM, Dave O'Connor over there, Tom Moen, they're nice enough to give me a long-term unit this year. So we are going to have so much more Orange Brigade content on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. We're going to do some WP Pro components, which means cone valves, tracks, shock. And WP is doing big things with a lot of other manufactured bikes, not just KTMs. And we might even throw a pair of WP Pro components on a Yamaha. Ooh, that's taboo, but we're going to do it. We want to see if WP can make a better set of suspension than that KYB SSS stuff. That stuff's good. So, WP guys, if you're listening, you got your work cut out, but I accept the challenge. I'm ready to give you guys feedback, and I'm going to tell you some hard truths. If it doesn't work good, I'm going to let you know. But if it works great, I'm going to let all you guys know and them that this is a viable option. WP is doing a great job of getting other types of A-kit style suspension componentry out to the consumer, which I think is very cool. But anyway, this is all about the KTM 450 SXF. Again, I only have two days on the bike, so it's more of a first impression. I'm going to get you guys a setting podcast and, of course, a living with podcast later in the year. But I want to hit you guys up with some information that... Um, I know some of you guys are wondering to buy, about to buy this bike, so I want to at least give you and download you some information that you can use before you go purchase your machine. So right off the bat, what's it like to ride, Kiefer? Well, it's really no different than the 2018.5. However, it is very different than the 2018 you know, standard edition KTM 450 SXF. 
The chassis, many changes, lots of changes in the chassis. So if you guys are looking to get some information of what the differences are between the 18 and the 19, head over to All of that information is up there. You can go to Latest News or you can go to Bike Test, and all of that is laid out for you guys. We're not going to bore you with all the changes because there are frame changes, engine changes, all different kinds of things done between the 18 and the 19. But since we already kind of rode the 18.5, we're just going to kind of go off of that. And again, I asked Dave over at KTM, and he basically said, Besides valving, suspension, fork, and shock, and mapping, it's the same bike as the factory edition, minus the colors, right? We'll get to the color scheme in a minute, which I'm not a fan of. But right off the bat, when I when I went on the track, I went to Milestone, and I came up here to my tracks up in the high des, it feels like the factory edition. I love the engine character on this bike. We're going to get to the FI settings in a minute, but... The engine character rolls on smooth, easy to ride. For those of you guys wondering, hey man, I don't know if I can get a 450, it has too much power. Do not be scared of this KTM power delivery. It doesn't have a big barky hit like a Yamaha or a Honda, okay? It's not going to rip your arms out of a corner. It comes on very smooth and linear. Of course, it has map one, map two. Map two is a little bit more aggressive, but even in map two, guys, it's not as barky or exciting down low as a Yamaha or Honda. If you're looking for that, I'll tell you how to get that out of this engine. But if you guys are just looking for a stock motor that just has all this low-end torque feeling excitement, this KTM isn't for you. You might want to go to a Yamaha or Honda. But if you're looking for connectivity, you're looking for rear-wheel traction, you're looking ease of riding... Don't be scared of this KTM 450 because it's so easy to ride. I said to this one guy at the track, he's like, man, I, I'm riding a 250 because I'm scared of 450s. But, dude, honestly, the power delivery is so easy to ride and so smooth, you shouldn't be scared of the power delivery of the 450. Now, there is a weight difference, of course, from the 250 to the 450, which isn't much, but just the engine feeling alone don't be scared of this engine. It's very easy to ride. It comes on smooth, like I said. It builds into a very broad mid to top end power. And of all the 450s that are out there right now, this second gear in this Pankle transmission of this KTM is the widest second gear I've ever experienced. I can use second gear longer than any other bike. And it actually throws me off a little bit because I'm so used to shifting into third right away out of corners most of the time on other 450s that I do that with this KTM and it it kind of falls off of the, the I guess, the meat of the power a little bit. So I let the second gear roll on longer versus other bikes and that's how this bike likes to be ridden you can rev it out this bike likes to be ridden aggressively the more aggressive i ride this bike the better it works for me now that's not to say that you can't go around the track and lug it and do these things because this engine does do that but i'm just letting you guys know don't be scared to rev the crap out of this austrian engine because it obliges for all types of riders, man. Like, I'm telling you, lazy guys, check. Revy guys, check. So it checks the boxes 
for each style of riding, which for me, I'm more of a short shifting guy, so I got to kind of reteach my brain to let it ring out a little bit, almost 250-ish, a little, but if you guys are looking for an engine to hit something right out of a corner, like, hey man, I don't think I want to shift to third gear and jump this, just leave it in second, it doesn't rev out, so there's a big triple out of Milestone that they kind of built up a little bit, and I'm used to shifting the third out of the corner to hit it. Well, I can hit it in second and shift when I land or shift in the air into third, and I'm just fine. So just let you guys know, second is wide. There is a little bit of a third gear gap. So if you do shift, like I said, if you do shift a little early, it kind of falls off a little bit, but a little flick of that hydraulic clutch, it's right back in the power. So you guys can go to that 1452 gearing, on paper, it's the same, but I'm telling you guys, again, fake science, all this other bullshit, Kiefer, it's the same gearing ratio, you know, 1348, 1452, yes, on paper, it is the same, but it does feel different when you ride. I can shift the third gear a little earlier, and it will accept that. So if you guys are looking for that kind of change, go to a 1452 gearing, and that Will, will help you get in the third gear a little bit sooner if that's what you want to do. Again, over rev. Best best engine out there for rev, for top end, over rev. There's no other 450 besides, obviously, Husqvarna that can have as much over rev as the KTM. There's no one out there that does that. So they've done a great job with this engine, easy to ride. I'll touch on a couple things about the engine right now. So... I talked to Dave over at KTM, and I've actually spoke with Casey Lytle. He's the R&D guy over there at KTM. They have very good test riders over in Austria. They do all their mapping, their you know EFI mapping, their ignition mapping over in Austria. However, I feel like they've missed the mark on the mapping side of things with this KTM 450. It is a little bit rich, feeling down low, kind of dirty, so it makes the bike feel heavier at times. And what I mean by heavier is if you have this smooth engine power delivery, right? And then you're comparing it to an exciting, barky engine power delivery of a Yamaha or a Honda, it kind of doesn't correlate. So the Yamaha and Honda has this bark out of the corner and it feels light and poppy. Now with this KTM 450 engine, it, it's kind of smooth but yet there's a little bit of a dirty spot on very low RPM. What is dirty, Kiefer? Dirty is a term we use in testing that means rich. So a lot of guys can't tell if a bike is rich, okay? So we use the word dirty because that kind of explains the delivery of the power at low RPM. It's just dirty. It's not really seamless. It's not really crisp, right? That's how this KTM 450 SXF is. No matter what, in map one or map two, it's just a little bit rich. Mid-range cleans it up really nice. And then on top end, it has some D-cell pop, which tells me it's a little bit lean. So now you got a rich feeling down low. The middle mid-range is nice and, and crisp and clean. And then top end's a little lean. I just feel like KTM could have took a little bit more time with the setting and just made it even better. Now... I have tried the Vortex Ignition from Jamie at Twisted Development on the Rockstar Edition Husqvarna. The Husqvarna was the same way, okay? A little bit rich off the bottom, kind of felt heavy, was dirty, and then lean on top. 
fast forward, I got Jamie on the phone. He sent me a you know one of his Vortex ignitions with with his mapping, and I'm telling you guys right now, this is the best modification you can do to your KTM or your Husqvarna. Okay, let's just say let's let's take a step backwards. Let's just say they remap it, which Jamie can do. They can remap your stock ECU. Jamie over there has some couple maps that are even better than what KTM provides you. It just kind of cleans up that bottom end and makes it feel a little bit crisper and lighter and more poppier out of corners. And it's not so lean on top, which means you'll get some more pulling power up on top end, okay? Vortex ignition, times that by two. You get more crispness and snap under load, yet you still get all that connectivity to the rear wheel. It's truly an amazing piece to put on I actually bought one, okay? So I have one here. I was planning on buying a Rockstar Husqvarna, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, long story. We're not going to get into that right now, but I wanted one, right? So I had everything prepared. I went and bought an ignition. I want Jamie to go do it, and it's ready to rock. That's how good it is. I spent my own money, 600 bucks, on this ignition. But I'm telling you guys, besides doing engine work if you just want to put something on ecu bolt it on and have a performance advantage that's the best thing you can do to this ktm because fi ignition settings are so important on these new four strokes if you're off a little bit it can really deter the power if ktm could get this fi setting right for 2020 it's really going to wake this engine up because just having Jamie map a stock ECU, okay, going in there and making a flat air-fuel mix ratio, which is ignition and fuel mapping, it makes a world of difference. So for those of you guys listening out there and you don't have enough money for Vortex, but you want your ignition to run a little bit cleaner, hit up Jamie at Twisted Development. He, I have no ties to the guy. I just know he does this this very well he does ignition and mapping very well he's had time he knows the stuff so that's my recommendation if you need a little bit more bottom in i get guys email me say man i want some more bottom in on my ktm a muffler yes a muffler will help i have fmf 4.1 on mine and it does help but it's more on the mid-range you know side of things and you still get decel pop so you want to just clean all that up just send over to Jamie at Twisted. He can do it for you. But I feel like KTM can do a little bit better job of doing some mapping in the future. The motor's insane the way it is, even with that little bit of a rich feeling. And some of you guys out there may not even feel that. I'm super sensitive to FI because I do it all the time, and I do all these mapping changes. So I'm just aware of that. So if it doesn't bother you, don't worry about it. I know I mentioned these things, right? But I want to get all this information out to you that I feel. If you guys do not feel these things, don't stress out. A lot of you guys, we're all head cases, right? All of us dirt bike guys are head cases to the max. Look it. I feel these things, I fix it. If you don't feel it and you feel like the bike is fine, which probably 85% of you will say it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just continue on with your life. Say, F you, Kiefer. My bike's fine. And just ride your dirt bikes. It's all good. But nonetheless, transparency is key over here. I want to make sure I let you guys know. And I, I let KTM know, too, when I was testing. I go, hey, it's a little bit rich off the bottom and lean on top. So they're aware of it, too. So hopefully they'll remedy that situation. 
um, when it comes time for a new factory edition, which will happen probably in about five months. So that'll be coming right around the corner, probably in January, right? So you'll see those soon. So again, engine very good. One of the best engine deliveries there is in the 450 class. Moving on the suspension. Again, you know that I'm not an air fork guy. I, I don't really care about air forks. If KTM ever put a regular spring fork on their bike production-wise, okay, every other manufacturer would be hurting. It'd be game over for... It'd be game over, guys. If they could get a better fork... The AER fork isn't bad, okay? WP did a good job of designing an air fork that's pretty damn good. But it's still an air fork, guys. It's not a spring fork. I would say right now, Kawasaki fork and the Yamaha fork is a better fork than the KTM fork, okay? So right now, I didn't. I mean, I haven't rode all of them back to back, but going back to my fan favorites in my brain here, okay? My Rolodex of tests that I've done so far, I would say third best fork right now. Maybe fourth, because the Honda fork is not that bad either. So third, third, fourth. So if KTM can figure out a spring fork in that thing, good night, sweet prince, because shootouts would be hand them up for KTM, trust me. And and KTM's already winning shootouts, so imagine if they did a spring fork. Holy shit. I told the KTM guys, put a spring fork on this thing, man. Just end it all, dude. You guys want to just dominate? Dominate, okay? Spring fork life. But nonetheless, AR fork's not bad. Stock fork pressure 10.5 this year. I went to 10.7, okay? I'm 170 pounds. You know, right now I'm a little bit lighter because I'm dicking ribs right now because of the heat. But 10.7 pounds. If you're anything over north of 175, 180, you probably want to start at between 10.6, 10.7 bars. And then mess with your clickers from there. I went to 10.7 bars, backed off the compression two to three clicks, and it does help um, suppleness. It kind of helps mid-stroke comfort. But at 10.5 bars, the fork just kind of dove a little bit and made the ass end of the bike ride high, which made it feel stink bug, which is a rare thing for a KTM, and I didn't like that. So we added some pressure, nervously for me, because every time I add pressure in something, it gets worse. But it actually got better, and then I backed off compression, and that helped. So just know that if you're north of 175, start out 10.6, 10.7. SAG recommendation 105. Try to stick to that. Don't go higher or lower. Try to stick in that 105 ballpark. To me, I tried softening up high-speed compression. Well, when I went up on the fork air pressure, okay, I went back to standard high-speed compression setting, and that worked the best. Again, compression, low-speed clicker, that's up to you guys. You guys feel you want more or less of that. That's your preference, but I left it standard for right now. I will continue to ride this thing. And I actually rode it at a rough track here today, and it was good. It was balanced and felt nice. So I will ride more tracks, though, in the future to see where we're at with settings, and I'll get you some more settings and hopefully maybe get you some new FI settings, and we'll do up uh, another setting article over at keyforinktesting.com as well. And, hell, maybe I'll do something for Mathis, too, so he doesn't bark at me. Have you been to ruttedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruttedracing.com. They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife, 
Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime, and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruttedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool street wear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw some of this gear, and, man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff... Go to ruddedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So, hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruddedracing.com. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house, I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling. You're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the keyforinktesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. 
Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 60. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right. Handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off. Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. (laughs) Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's... They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey, man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to FMFRacing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer, because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are, because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. 
on the Pulp MX show. Lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order. And get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good. 100% synthetic. Go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. ScreenPrintingDone.com we make kick-ass t-shirts made with bits of real panther we get it done so you know it's good screenprintingdone.com screenprintingdone.com moving on to the chassis so the chassis is pretty good steel frames I'm a fan of do they last as long as an aluminum frame hmm that's debatable. I do worry about that at times because if I am going to purchase a KTM or a Rockstar Dish, I hammer bikes, right? I'm thinking to myself, well, at 65, 70 hours, is this frame going to feel like shit or is it going to feel as good as a 60, 70 hour Yamaha frame, right? Well, we're going to find out this year, guys. I'm going to ride the crap out of this KTM and we're going to put all the frame you know, debates, issues to rest. I see people email me. There's some talk on the forum. I think Michael Lindsay's forum, Vital, has some Orange Brigade frame uh, threads about, oh, man, homeboy broke his frame. It's a piece of shit. Well, dude, you, you can't trust people on forums, okay? You have no idea what homeboy did to his frame, blah, blah, blah. So everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit. I'm going to ride it. I'm going to try to get at least 70 hours on this bike. Chances are I'll probably get more because I'll end up liking it a hell of a lot. And God forbid if I go buy one, I'll probably get a divorce. But 
Nonetheless, we're going to put some time on the frame and really see how it stretches out and what the bike does feeling-wise as it gets older. So for those of you guys owning this thing, you'll know what it feels like when it gets up near the 100-hour mark, which you should be riding near 100 hours if you guys got a brand-new bike, right? You're spending 10 grand on a bike, ride the shit out of it. That's what it's there for. So um, chassis is very comfortable. I told the KTM guys, I told Dave this, as the track, well, let's start here. When the track is deep in the morning, okay, I do feel the frame flex more than an aluminum frame. It kind of has a wiggle a little bit coming into corners versus an aluminum frame. But as the track gets broken in and hard pack noon, 2 o'clock, this frame is much more compliant than any other frame out there right now, period. It's easy to ride. Um, the whole chassis itself is very light feeling in those conditions as it gets later in the day. I can change directions very quickly. I can cut down off of a berm. It makes it very easy to ride. This chassis loves to corner. I know we always say Suzuki is the best cornering bike, but I'm going to have to say the KTM and the Husqvarna are damn good at cornering. It feels light when you got those hard pack ruts you're trying to dip in. I will say this bike prefers you to sit down in the ruts. I tend to stand up a lot in ruts, and I feel a little bit more comfortable on a Yamaha standing up through ruts, but I'm going to change the bar set up a little bit so to try to accommodate my style of riding. Um, but nonetheless, man, this bike feels light. Straight line stability is good. It's only going to get better, I feel, once I get some WP Pro components on this thing. Um, but as in a stock trim, stock way with 10.7 bars in the fork, the chassis, not messing with the fork height, setting the sag at 105, it's stable, it's easy to ride. What we ask for in these bikes is consistency, right? We want the bike to do the same fucking thing every lap. That's what I want. If I fuck up as a rider, that's on me. But when a bike fucks up, I'm pissed, right? I want it to do it the same thing every lap. If I hit that bump three times, I want it to do the same freaking thing those three times. In the past, KTM wasn't good at that. You hit the bump once, you got that feel. You hit the bump second time, another feel. You hit the bump a third time, it's a whole third feel. Now, consistency is where we're at okay this is where the austrian brand is at it's at a consistent level where you can start to push yourself and it accepts that okay five six years ago the ktm chassis didn't accept that it wanted you to ride at a certain level and that's it and if you did anything over that you on your ass okay you on your ass hard not anymore very consistent very easy to ride and you can push the envelope on this chassis. Good job, Austria. Good job. All right? Let's just clean up that FI setting. All right? You guys need help? Hit me up. Chris at keyframetesting.com. I'm glad to help out with some FI settings. No problem. Just, just call a brother. Help out. I know Ryan Morris is busy with race team stuff. I might be old, but I can test, all right? So just, just letting, throwing it out there for you guys. So good job on the bike. Chassis is excellent. I do notice a little vibration, but I feel like that comes from the neck and bar. I am not a fan of the neck and bar. Neck in, neck in, however you say it. It just puts a lot of vibration through my hands. Of course, lock on grips. Eh, not a big fan. 
I'd rather just go with glue-on grips. I like that. I'm old school. I don't know. I can take the time to glue it on. I'm not lazy. I mean, come on, people. Are you that freaking lazy that you need lock-on grips? Seriously? Dude. Super glue, Walmart, boom, put it on, done. All right? Lock-on grips add rigidity on top of a, a bar that's already rigid. Put some pro tapers on that son of a bitch. Put some glue on your bars. Put some grips on. Live happily ever after. Just trust me. Please. So when you go to a different bar, that vibration goes down. Okay? So whether whatever bar you go to, I, I mean, even a fat bar is less rigid than that Neckin bar. The Pro Taper Evo is my favorite bar. That's an excellent bar. I know other bar brands that you just, you want to listen to that I can't remember at the time because I'm so busy, but you can go back to the archives here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. I just did a handlebar shootout. There are other bar companies that are excellent, okay? Try another bar brand. It'll kind of dampen that vibration, give you a little bit more friendlier feel to your wrists, and that helps. The bar band itself on the KTM is fine. I don't mind it. I like that bar band. It's a little bit low. doesn't have a lot of sweep. I'm fine with that. I just need a little bit more dampening through the handlebars. I uh, went to a black throttle cam. I don't know what the other media guys are doing, if they're complaining about bottom end. That's a quick fix to get a little bit more throttle response out of that sucker. Going from the gray cam to that black throttle cam helps get a little bit quicker turn, and therefore you're getting a little bit into that meat sooner. So that's what I did. I always stayed in map one, guys. I tried map two, even with the stock throttle cam. Stay in map one. It pulls longer. Map 2 doesn't give you that much more bottom end, if any. Honestly, I don't feel that much. Uh, might give you a little bit more mid-range pull, but just overall length of power, Map 1 is pretty nice. You can try TC. We do use that at times. And actually, that TC does work, okay? So don't be scared to try it, especially if it's hard pack. It does work very good. And uh, so stick with Map 1 with either the black or the stock throttle cam, but... You should try a black throttle cam if you need some more bottom in. Again, if you don't need it, screw you, Kiefer. Then that's fine. I'm good. You just do you. You guys do you. I'm just offering advice. All right? You do you. Just throwing it out there for you. Um, okay. Most importantly, out of this whole podcast, color scheme. <laughs> Come on with the white. Stop it, KTM. KTMs, you're called Orange Brigade for God's sake. You're not Orange Whitish Brigade. Come on, get a rear fender that's orange. Orange frame life. I'm not even really hating on the black frame. I don't like it as much as the orange frame. But can we at least make the bike orange? The whole thing, orange, Orange Brigade, Orange Crush, KTM Orange. No more white. Stop it. No one wants white rear fender and an orange front fender. Or, or white rear fender and an orange front fender. No one wants that. I don't. It just makes it look haggard and old too quick. Orange looks good. Um, I like the new shroud layout. That's from the 18 to the 19. That bend in the shroud area is much better. It's straighter. It's narrower. I don't get caught up on my knee braces. It doesn't leave me with bruising like the 18 did. And also, you know, going from 18 to a 19, the bike feels lighter. On paper, it's not that much lighter, maybe a pound, but it feels more like three to five pounds, especially when you're leaning into a corner. Um, I think that's where the weight is placed, and 
just the overall feel of that new chassis. So, again, a little bit lighter feel. I'm excited to put a lot of time on this bike, guys. It, it makes me excited to ride. Again, as you know, I'm a big Husqvarna Rockstar dish person. So, this KTM doesn't fall far from that tree, of course. I know they want, as companies, want to create two separate entities. But, let's call a spade a spade. They are very similar. And... I love an orange brigade bike, not an orange white ish brigade. Okay? I'm going to put more time on this sucker. Hopefully, next couple weeks, and then she's going to go back to get a refurb for shootouts. And then we'll start shootouts, and we'll see where this KTM ranks. See if it's going to be a gnarly year for shootout, guys. A lot of good bikes now. KTM's approved a little bit. Yamaha, a little bit. Kawasaki, a lot of improvement. Honda, I would say medium improvement in the middle because the chassis is better of course Husqvarna is good dude Suzuki maybe they got their shock figured out I don't know I'm gonna pick that sucker up as well we'll see they might be in the mix as well it's gonna be a great year for shootouts so Pingree suck it I know you don't like shootouts but we like shootouts over here we'll get you dialed in just like Racer X, right? We got our settings over here on this podcast. We'll get you all fixed up, but we also want some controversy. We also want a little competition. We want a shootout. We want to claim a winner. Well, if there's a tie, I want to eat my words. God, I hope there's not a tie. If there's a tie this year, I'm I'm, I'm going out an extra day. That's it. I can't I can't handle it. We we don't want a tie. So anyway, that's a little bit of a first impression on the 2019 KTM 450 SXF. Thank you to the guys over at KTM. Tom Moen, Dave O'Connor. Dave's a great dude. I really respect Dave. He's a nice guy. I respect Tom. He's been there for years. Tom is not that much of a people person, but he's a softie. He's a good dude. Um, Hey, and good job to the R&D team over there at KTM. Always bringing it to the next level, forcing the Japanese manufacturers out there to step up their game. Hence Kawasaki this year, right? That has directly that KTM has direct influence in all of that. Okay, so whether you hate them or not, you got to respect KTM and what they're doing to advance dirt biking. All right, and I for one like this bike. I'm gonna go stick an FMF 4.1 on this sucker in the garage right now. I want to go bolt a vortex on this thing. I want to put some pro taper bars. I'm gonna glue my grips on, and I'm gonna go rip the shit out of this thing. I can't wait. So, enough with this podcast. I must ride. But hey, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. We will answer those for you. Actually, I shouldn't say we. I will answer those for you, but I do have help. Off-road guys, hit up michael at keferinktesting.com. He's a good dude. He's an off-road guy. He knows his shit. Hit up him or I or even Heather if you want some shirts, swag, I got some new stuff coming out soon. I've been saying that for about a month, but I am. It's, it'll be out soon. New shirts, even hats. Got some hoodies coming in for fall. So Heather at KeyForInkTesting.com. And look out for the app. The app is coming. It's been a little bit of a nightmare for me because I got 79 things going on at once. But it's coming. It's good. You guys are lost on your settings. This will help you. You guys are lost on torque specs. This will help you. You guys are lost on stock stuff settings. This will help you. So stay tuned. Don't forget, always head over to keyforinktesting.com or pulpmx.com for laughs. 
loving, learning, anything you want over there, we got it for you. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, support the sponsors here on the show. I don't take advertising on my website. I just take people that I would use myself on this show. The advertisers on this show is all stuff I use myself. I purchase, okay? So I would really be stoked if you guys purchase products from these people. Um, That's how we keep this sucker running. That's why this is a no-bullshit podcast. That's why I'm not about that life over on my website. So you guys know that if I take money, uh, it's no joke, all right? I'm straight up about that stuff. I'm not about taking money for for advertising and just blowing the company and it's really a shitty product. I'm not about that life. I'm about taking on advertisers very carefully, okay? And if I use them, you can come on board. You can come on board this podcast. But if I don't like the product, eh, you're not coming on. It's that simple, all right? So hopefully we'll get some more advertiser on here that I like, that I want, keep this sucker up and running. But as of right now, Support the sponsors that support the show. We'll keep it going. And hopefully in 2000, 2019, I can get another extra podcast, more lifestyle-driven, more off-roady, because I really like the off-road guys out there. I want to get some more off-road interviews up for you guys. I know you've been asking for it, and I want to do it. I'm just just strapped for time, guys. So anyway, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys supporting what we're trying to do here And again, any questions, hit up my email. I'll get back to you. Go ride. Go have fun. After you're done listening to this, go pay attention to your wife and kids. Go do something. Get off of dirt bike stuff. See you guys.